Hello and welcome to Greedo Shot First. I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. And we are back to talk about Star Wars because that's what we do in this very self-indulgent podcast of ours where we just talk about Star Wars to each other. And if uh, people want to listen, that's cool too. Yeah, if not, fuck them. So, Star Wars. There's some Star Wars stuff to talk about. There was Force Friday 2. I think I think they called that 2. Like, I don't think the Rogue One one is like an official one. Um, and then, of course... There's no longer a director to episode nine currently. As Colin Trevorrow got the boot, hmm. as as we've been waiting for ever since he got hired back in August of 2015. Doesn't he just look like a massive asshole? Like he does. Although you know what a weird thing about him? Like go look at a picture of Ryan Johnson, and then look at a picture of J.J. Abrams, and then like put a picture of Colin Trevorrow in between them. It's really weird. He kind of looks like like a, a weird meld between the two, but like the worst of all worlds. Yeah, he looks like he looks like somebody who would get in an argument with you on the Internet. The harshest thing I can say about Ryan Johnson, who I think is fantastic. I like him a lot. I like his movies. I like his whole Twitter thing. Um, I'm really looking forward to his movie. He looks like he's going to play, I don't know, like a therapist in a Swedish crime novel or something. Um. You know, I was just watching the girl with the dragon tattoo earlier. Yeah, I can kind of see that. Yeah, yeah. Like, but Colin Trevorrow, oof, just looks like an asshole. By any chance, did you ever watch that short film Home Base that he made? Mm-mm. Are you aware of it at all? Mm-mm. I was just looking at his IMDb and realizing he actually had done shit before. Uh, not, not really, but um, well, let's get into it. Let's. Uh, do you want to talk about Colin first? We can talk about Force Friday at the end. Yeah, let's talk about this stupid yeah. fucker. Um, so. Back in August 2015, Colin Trevorrow was hired to be the director of Episode 9, even though it wasn't slated to come out for four years. Mm. Um, I always assumed, and we probably said this on one of our various podcasts at the time, that they hired him because he was like kind of a a little like Spielberg protege, like kind of like friend of the family type thing or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy had heard good things about him from Spielberg. He had actually helped out with The Force Awakens pre-production. Doing what? I'm not exactly sure. Maybe just kind of administrative, I guess, or I don't know what. Or a lot of well, actually. I don't think he was there yet because he wasn't big enough. Okay. You know, but he they they'd like had a, a seemingly a good working relationship. They liked him, but it was like, yeah, you're not you don't have the the seasoning to do a Star Wars movie. Mm. But, so they let Jurassic World and Universal Pictures kind of give him that ex- experience first. Mm-hmm. And then we made a shitload of money, and I feel like they. Thought, oh, he he got the movie in on budget. It made lots of money. Let's go ahead and lock this guy down before someone else does. And so they just like signed him right away. And uh, Jurassic World. I don't know. I have to wonder. Like, did Kathleen Kennedy actually watch Jurassic World? Hmm. You know, or hmm. was it just like, oh, it made a ton of money. Must have been good. Yeah. Because really. um, I really viscerally dislike that movie. I know some people liked it. I just mm, do your own thing, I guess. Um. Yeah, he he was hired four years before the movie was supposed to come out. Had plenty of time to work on a script, it would seem. And uh, sounds like they eventually just got more and more sick of him. He he got a big head after Jurassic Park, apparently, according to like various reports from like Hollywood Reporter, and I think Vulture had one. Like he kind of like started big time in everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, the script wasn't there. They gave him multiple chances to kind of like punch it up and it sounds like it it just 
he wasn't turning in good material. So they eventually brought in that Jack Thorne guy um, <laughs> of Skins fame and also Cursed Child fame. Mm-hmm. They brought him in to fix things and got rid of Derek Connolly, who was uh, the co-writer with um, Colin Trevorrow. He's like Colin Trevorrow's like personal writer or whatever. Mm-hmm. And apparently that pissed off Trevorrow so much he almost quit then, according <gasps> to reports. Which like, man, talk about not knowing where you you stand. <laughs> but yeah, um, I guess he was just a real pain he has to work with. And eventually they're like, you know what? We fired uh, Lord Mer- Miller halfway through production. We can fire you beforehand. Yeah. Which uh, I applaud. I don't know why they hired him to begin with. I also thought it was a bad hire. It was like kind of like a rush hire, like like oh this guy's hot, let's lock him down. But uh, at least they're changing things now while there's still plenty of time. It's not supposed to shoot until January, and they could always push that back. Mm. So, oh, what do you think? Uh, I'm not gonna miss him at all. Um, I really, really, really fucking hated that guy. I did not see Book of Henry. That was this movie that came out earlier this summer. It's apparently terrible. Um. I guess I'm not. Sh- I didn't dislike the trailer, but like it looked like there was way too much fucking going on in that movie. It it looked very bizarre. You're like, wait, what is this movie about? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, what are the four plots? It looked like yeah. it looked like a TV show trailer. Yeah, um, and that was kind of like his passion project or something. Like that was the movie he went and made after Jurassic World. Like, okay, you've got some clout. You can make something now. Um, also, and I don't, I don't know how much. That's that or that home base movie played into the decision. Like it sounds like he was just a pain in the ass in general. Mm-hmm. And even if Book of Henry was good, it may not have helped his cause, mm-hmm. but perhaps it hurt it. Um, there is a short film he made a long time ago called Home Base. This is like back when he was just like real up and coming. Mm-hmm. And it's like wildly misogynistic and creepy. Mm. It's like about a man and a woman or like the woman reveals that she she's leaving the guy because she's like had a relationship with like some other, someone else she started a relationship with someone else she's breaking up with them and so it's just like okay well i'm gonna fuck your mom and it's like it's played as like a comedy where like he just keeps showing up at this woman's house to like romance her mother and her mother is of course completely amenable to this it's really weird and bizarre and creepy and sexist and it's like is that the guy you want telling ray's story Wow. Yeah. Uh, if you, I made it like two minutes into that short film. It's online somewhere you can watch it. It's called Home Base. It's gross. Does he fuck the mom? I didn't. I didn't get that far. I don't know. I feel like the uh, the guy in Mallrats. Well, yeah. did they come or what? <laughs> I probably just because it because it, it's Colin Trevorrow. Yeah, he's it, like I'm into it. It, it was not like a uh, at the expense of the man type of comedy. You know, of course not. Yeah. Um, I mean, look at Colin Trevorrow. He looks like a guy I would not set my drink down around at a party. Apparently, he did not take the bad reviews of Book of Henry well. He was like getting in a lot of Twitter spats with people, and like, you know, damning the critics, and like constantly like retweeting the one or two good reviews that got that sort of thing. Like, like bad at Twitter. I've been actively looking online here, trying to. There's an actor who was in like a fucking. He's like one of the background military guys in Bowser Galactica who his face reminds me of. Okay. I've given up. Um, oh, other than just his looks, though, I don't think he's a good director. He's certainly not a good writer. Um, no. I don't know why they were going to let him write to begin with. I mean, I, maybe that was just part of his thing. Jurassic World is not great at all. Um, 
I should say, I, I wouldn't say that was like the worst movie ever made, but it, it, it it's rare that it happens. But sometimes I'm watching a movie and I just turn on it and mm-hmm. I'm like, I hate this, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's like it's not like he's like got the fucking boom mic dropping into the frame or anything. You know, it's not terrible, but I just like just viscerally like rejected its entire being while watching it. Um. Well, no, technically it's fine. I mean, the the microphones were turned on. The movie yeah. was in focus. It's just was so pandering and so formulaic um it it just seemed to come from the personality of someone i wouldn't want to have a beer with you know would be the best way i put it like mm-hmm. it's like i don't really like the kind of tone behind this it's very odd like why did the the poor female assistant get like the hour or not the hour the the minute long death scene that nobody else got in that movie like it was like why why are you punishing her on screen for so long? This is uncomfortable. You know? Yes. Why would you do that to the delightful Lena Luther? Oh, is that her? That is okay. her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's such a weird scene too. It's like, of all the, it, it it's like uh, there's a good film crit Hulk, uh, calm about that scene and how like you don't put that in a movie unless you're saying this person is bad and and deserves this in some way like in a monster movie it's like that's the death you save for just the worst person Mm -hmm. and it's like the bathroom dude the outhouse dude in the first movie yeah only times 10 it was like what what's so bad with her assistant well and it's like crime was like getting stuck with her we're supposed to be cheering it on yeah yeah woo take that yeah it to me it was just like kind of like tone deaf to the type of movie you're making. Um, I am so glad this guy is not doing episode nine. The from the minute he was hired, I was just like, "There's four years. A lot can happen in four years. Please, please, God, let something happen so this guy's not going to direct the movie." Yeah, I am not sad to see him go. Do you one bit dislike this guy more than say Zack Snyder? Hmm. Um, I feel like Zack Snyder has a bigger body of work to dislike. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure if any of Zack Snyder's movies made me quite as angry. And maybe it's just because I also had low ex- expectations for Zack Snyder movies. Mm-hmm. Like when I went to see Jurassic world, I wasn't thinking, Oh man, this is going to be terrible. I was pretty neutral. I was like, Oh yeah, the trailers are kind of cool. I'll go see it. And then like about 15 minutes in, I was like, wow, I, I am not enjoying myself. I really don't like the vibe I'm getting from this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, safety not guaranteed fine it's a it was sort, fine it's a heart and kind of movie he was gonna do like a remake of flight of navigator which i was really like confused by because he's i mean saving the guarantee is one of those like mumblecore movies and seems weird also to go had just like the weird bit with jake johnson and his like old flame from high school yeah that all of that stuff makes me uncomfortable watching the movie and i in retrospect i think we're not i think we're supposed to not look poorly on jake johnson's character i don't there. know how yeah it but it's such a weird b plot to the other story that's he's, based on he's a like a weird internet thing scumbag basically yeah you know like he's gross and it's like i don't i at the time i just thought oh that that's what the movie is communicating to us is this guy's a horrible person but now i'm not sure if colin trevorrow really thought that or not no i think i think colin trevorrow was very earnest about have you ever partied in an escalade before mm-hmm. yeah I mean, Zack Snyder, Colin Trevorrow, like I said, the drink thing at a party. He looks like the guy that you think he's harmless. He's going to have some interesting thoughts on like Ingmar Bergman, but really he's going to do something weird to you. Whereas Zack Snyder, he wears the like, 
He's probably been at a barbecue of both Alex Jones and Guy Fieri at the same time. Look on his sleeve, on his rolled up T-shirt sleeve. Zack Snyder to me is just, it's like, yeah, that guy, he's really into making movies look like comic books, even though they shouldn't be. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised McConaughey hasn't showed up in a Zack Snyder joint. McConaughey? Yeah. Why? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Maybe maybe Colin Javaro will go do a movie with Gerard Butler and just... <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> Viking funeral his career a little further. Um, I mean, I, at I least do wonder the... if these guys, like with, with Lord Miller and Trevorrow now, do they... Are they just like, fuck that, I got screwed, <clears throat> like... Oh, are we forgetting about uh, also Josh Trank? Well, I mean, that guy was like high on coke or something. I mean... <laughs> He didn't even. Like, it sounds like Tomorrow didn't need the coke to be that kind of an asshole. But I just wonder, like, are they are they just like licking their wounds and like making lists of revenge, or is there any self reflection there to be like, hmm, how did this come about that I, my life's dream to make a Star Wars movie is within my grasp, and then I fucked it up, you know? Well, I I feel like they would tell you that it wasn't their life's dream though, and that's that's the problem. They too. would now, maybe. Yeah. That's the problem is is who's who's who is that not the life dream of? Um no, I'm sure Trevaro is trying to craft some kind of retort, some kind of County Monte Cristo revenge scheme, either cinematic or worded. He's working on the book of Henry volume two. <laughs> Straight to paperback. Mm-hmm. Straight to paperback. Is that like an insult among authors? I don't I think if your book is pulped, that's the <laughs> ultimate. <laughs> I don't think authors are that big time about that kind of thing. You get, it, it got printed. You're amazed. You let's know? just uh, let's just celebrate the last line of this Vulture article, though, because this the, people should stand up and like this should be like a toast given at weddings. The sentence is just and Kathleen Kennedy isn't going to fuck around with that. I want that on a shirt that needs to be the new like nevertheless she persisted. Well, I mean, it's like a, a mega producer who's been like in the industry since the early '80s or something, and knows like, shit. You're gonna try to big time her? Okay, have yeah. fun with that. Yeah. So the bigger and more fun question is, who is going to direct Episode Nine now? Bringing it back to old Star Wars. This is why we're here, right? Because you you've got just the big balls full I always, of hot takes. I always have crazy like like it's we're in like a space right now where like things are a little up in the air and mm-hmm. so I can like spin wild and crazy fantasies about what can happen before like tomorrow inevitably when they just announce Ryan Johnson's doing it that it all kind of comes well, first back of all, down to wouldn't that be the easiest the most sensible choice yeah yeah and even more sensible because he's probably exhausted right now you just push back filming a little bit you push back the release date because it's scheduled to come out in May 2019. For some reason, it should come out in December like the others. Mm-hmm. Two weeks, you know, two years between each of them. And so you give Ryan Johnson a break. You give him time to write the script. Was there was there ever any truth to the thing where he was supposedly writing a treatment for episode three or episode nine? nine. Um, hard to say because originally he was reported to have been writing the script for episode nine and mm-hmm. then that got corrected and, and people said oh no he's just writing a treatment mm-hmm. none of that was ever said by lucasfilm lucasfilm mm-hmm. just said he's doing episode eight it's possible he wrote a treatment and then it didn't get used and so they just don't talk about it i don't mm-hmm. know he's he's tweeted a few times saying no i don't have anything to do with like the creative side of episode nine so mm-hmm. um 
maybe he actually did do something. Maybe he didn't. I'm sure he has ideas. There's no way he couldn't have some ideas about maybe they should go here. Mm-hmm. Maybe they should go there in episode nine. Hmm. But yeah, that would be to me the the most sensible thing they could do before we uh, have fun with a lot of pie in the sky ideas is just delay production a little bit, resign Ryan Johnson, have the movie come out in December 2019. Um, they from all accounts, had a wonderful time working with Ryan Johnson on episode eight. Mm-hmm. The movie's essentially done. They like it. Lucasfilm likes it. They, so they know what they're getting. Mm-hmm. They know he's not suddenly going to turn into an asshole on them. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, by far the most sensible thing would be that. But we can all have some fun speculate about other things. I'm sure you got do some you ideas. Have, do you have any ideas? Um, or should we just go down a list of names and, and kind of think about how we feel about each of them. Sure, we can throw some people out. Let me see. There's like a list I saw somewhere with just a bunch of people. Let me see if I can find it. Why don't you talk for a while? Um, Porgs. Porgs. Did you get any Porgs? I didn't get any Porgs. No, I, I saw a giant one when I, when I went to Target. Because I had forgotten and I went to Target like at, uh, there's like a 24-hour Target in Roseau. Really? Where? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you later. But okay. um. I went in there, so there was like a well, giant. I know ray. all about that. I totally forgot about. It. There's a giant ray. There's a giant um, Kylo, and I was like, "Oh, I should grab both of these and get them for you, so you can like put them in like situations in your home." Um, and then I saw like a giant cardboard porg, and I was like, "Awesome!" And then because I've been raised on the internet, part of me was like, "Oh man, how long before there's like a rule 34 for that?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's no. Yeah. Well, how much like erotic fan fiction have you written for Raylo? None. How much have you drawn? None. I, As he shuts I don't know, the drawer. I don't know why you're getting the impression that I am a, a supporter of Raylo. Um, you're like the uh, the straight guy who just like won't shut up about gay sex hmm. <laughs> when it comes to Raylo. Here's the thing. I listen to a podcast. The only Star Wars podcast I can really stand mm-hmm. is one called Scavenger's Horde. It's uh, two women. They're excellent. They really get deep into like ideas about like character and narrative that I feel like a lot, a lot of other Star Wars podcasts are kind of like talking about like the new ships and mm-hmm. the new weapons and whatnot. And they're like actually talking about story. Hmm. Um, they happen to be Raylo shippers. And so I feel like I, I get a lot more Raylo in my, my Star Wars diet than most people do because of that. Hmm. I wouldn't say I'm 100% against the idea of Raylo. I think it would be very hard to execute in a way that people would be accepting of it. Because the dude killed Han Solo, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and some people are still hoping that they'll be related. Well, let me put it this way: if uh, if Ray is a Skywalker and Raylo happens, doesn't twenty seventeen officially just become like the year of incest? Mm-hmm. 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 What was the the meme I saw today? Was Kit Harrington was walking out in public with uh, Rose Leslie, and she's like, "Who are you texting?" And he's like, "Oh no, it's just my aunt." <laughs> uh, but yeah um i don't know Raylo's is a whole other conversation i do think even if you don't get to the romance aspect a lot of the kind of ideas about the character of kylo ren mm-hmm. that the Raylo shippers on the internet have been kind of promoting it does kind of seem like they're going that way i don't think it's going to be a romance but i do think I, I guess I'd say if you're expecting Kylo Ren to just turn into like the pure evil Darth Vader now, I think you're going to be surprised. It seems like much more likely that 
Kylo Ren is going to become more human and more, uh, more conflicted and, and less of a pure villain. Hmm. That, that seems like just from the interviews and just the fact that he's not wearing a, a helmet for the most part, it seems like in the last Jedi, hmm. it seems like they're really exploring him as a multifaceted character and not just like the big bad. I was shocked. Um, because that weird thing on Instagram where it just like gives you suggestions of like multifaceted posts, and I'm always wondering like what am I doing that like it suggests these things to me. But just how many um illustrations people had done after the Force Awakens of like Ray having <laughs> gone evil and Kylo Ren having gone good. Well, I think the biggest concern about the theoretical relationship between Ray and Kylo Ren would be that she would be kind of subordinated by it. That it would become all about Kylo Ren's redemption mm. and she kind of suddenly is in the second place in her own hero arc. The uh the uh like Bernie Bro take on Star Wars. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like nobody wants it to be like, oh Ray just needed a boyfriend and, and now the story's really about Kylo and what a hero he is, you know. Mm. Okay. But I mean just the fact that they so seemingly he's not going to wear his mask hardly at all in this new movie like from all the the action figures all the promotional well, work barely fits in this mask as it is. yeah i'm really sick of wearing this goddamn mask it smells like well you don't want to know mm-hmm. it's not good all right i've got some some names here these these weren't even mine i just like saw these online okay um and it's it's pretty light on diversity so i'll try and throw in some extra ones uh inarito okay that uh, hmm. I think style wise, I just don't see it. But I think there's no chance he would do it. First no, of, of course all. not. Quaron, if you're gonna go in that well, that, that realm, my, that was my next one. Okay, yeah, I I think there's absolutely no chance Inarito would do it. I don't think I would want him to do it. I don't think he respects a movie like Star Wars. So, mm-hmm. um, Al Alfonso Quaron, on the other hand, my God, to me that would be like. The, the best hire that they could possibly make in a way. Like if like if Lucasfilm could get Koran to come in and do a Star Wars movie, they've struck gold. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think presumably the idea of some of their choices is they're not going to the biggest names. They're trying to cultivate a certain talent of like people who are still kind of in the middle of their career. I think they had a strategy going into things where why you got people like Josh Trank and Trevorrow hired I think that strategy has probably been thrown out the airlock by now yeah I, I think we can expect them given all the trouble they've had with these young up-and-comers yeah, yeah. I think we can expect them to kind of go from the more seasoned these uh these these Kylo Ren's of directors yeah well I think Kylo Ren or not Kylo Ren <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Johnson probably gets lumped in with that it's like oh he's a young up-and-comer but he's really not he's directed three major motion pictures he just hasn't directed direct movies of this shows. size. Yeah, yeah. He, he hasn't necessarily done a two hundred million dollar movie, but like he's an experienced filmmaker and he writes and directs, mm. uh, which is different from somebody like Trank or Trevorrow who really did not have much on their resume. Well, I think Trevorrow really thinks of himself as a writer, though. That's the sad I don't thing. Know why? Well, because he's his only credit really is Jurassic World. Like he didn't write Safety Not Guaranteed. He wrote some movie he was going to direct that he gave to or. It somehow development wise ended up with Ava DuVernay. And I'm sure he wrote that home base thing, right? Yeah, I'm sure he wrote that. But yeah. I, I want to say if you look at his IMDb, that his writing credits are thin. 
but like Intelligent Life, I think, is the Ava DuVernay movie. Um, speaking of her, she's not on this list, but Ava DuVernay. Um, I guess the question for that would be after um, Wrinkle in Time. This one's tough for me because I've not seen anything she's done. Um, and so I feel like I, I can't really give like a a true opinion other than like what I've heard, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. I can say I, I've seen the Selma trailer and it looked good. I've but, seen the wrinkle in time trailer. I did not think the wrinkle in time trailer looked good. That's, um, but that may just be more about the way it was cut than like, you know, I wasn't crazy about the way it was or, cut aspects of it. felt weird to me just because of the book. I'm, I'm totally fine with all the casting. It's, um, it didn't feel like normal to the book to me, which is fine. I mean, you it looked can, way too generic YA to me. The trailer you can throw out stuff from a book and make a good movie. Mm-hmm. You know, being true to a book is not always the best thing. Um, but I guess my thing is, if I hadn't seen anything from Wrinkle in Time, I could have offered an opinion. But like now that you know <laughs> that she's doing something kind of like it, it's like you kind of have to reserve judgment. I feel like I'd I'd want to, for me to like. I don't know. It's it's we're not making the decision, so whatever you know. But like, I I would want to give it a thumbs up for her directing stars, but I I want to see Wrinkle in Time mm-hmm. to know more about her style. Um, like I just said, yeah, I know she helped out JJ a little. Like she she was one of the people that offered him suggestions on The Force Awakens. So I think I think you know she's making the Wrinkle in Time. It seems like the kind of movie she would want to do. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, Inarito, he he just doesn't want to do a Star Wars movie, I don't think. But I think theoretically, well, Rene could. With Wrinkle on Time, is she not? She's now the um, first African American female director to get a budget of that size, probably. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I want that movie to be a success just for that alone. Mm-hmm. Um, just like you know the Patty Jenkins thing with Wonder Woman. Uh, I'm sure Patty Jenkins is on the list. <laughs> Uh, she is on this list. Okay. Yeah. Before we get to that, though, um, Del Toro, Gilmero Del Toro. No. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I've never been a huge fan of Del. Unless Toro. he's gonna play like, is he gonna play like the Urporg? He's playing Job actually. Um, no, I I've never been a huge fan of Del Toro. I like some of his stuff. I don't think his style. He has a very specific kind of visual style and tone. I don't think they mesh well with Star Wars. Hmm. Um, he he should do things that interest him and not make a, a Star Wars movie that's going to like kind of constrict his style, I feel like. Yeah. Well it's it's yeah, same thing with um uh the guy who did Amoris Peros, you know. Style wise. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um Spielberg. That would never happen, but it'd be fantastic. It'd be really interesting. But yeah, it almost I don't know how you wouldn't bring George back in, in some way. I don't think he would do it out of like respect to George or whatever. No, 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 no. You know, but it would just be fascinating. It's like the the Star the movie we never got is like Spielberg doing Star Wars. Well, that's like it's like you know the that friend that you've had for like thirty years and there's always been tension and like more than a hundred times you're just like we could get together. We've had those moments. Like, like that's just it's unrealized potential and tension. Like. I absolutely want, you know, metaphorically Steven he's, Spielberg to sleep with George Lucas. He's like got that. some Star Wars blue balls. As yeah, yeah. Saying. Big, big Spielbergian blue <laughs> balls that are going to burst at you in 3D. Um, because uh, that sci-fi book, the Ready Player Ready One. Ready Player One. I mean, 
interesting, but also looks like kind of a mess. Like there's some going to be some great Spielberg moments, I, but I for the most part, know. it's like, like how much IP can you throw at the screen? Well, that's like I haven't read the book, but apparently that's like the whole point of the book. Yeah. Um, I don't know that the trailer did not look good, but I don't know if that's just because whoever they, it, it seems like that and Wrinkle in Time, it's like they went to like some trailer editing company and it was like make us a, a hype trailer for this, and they just like went to like this this well of like every trailer cliche possible and, just, and put them all together and it so it looks like a generic movie even though it shouldn't you know just need some more dubstep yeah. there yeah. might be some of that too in the future where everyone lives in skyscraper trailers well no you need the um it's not the inception boom but the like Bong. the bass drop where Bong. it's like you know yeah, like yeah, yeah, goes yeah. down like that <laughs> which after what was I think it's the it's the honest trailers for Man of Steel. If you need some dubstep and you want to watch Superman murder people, you fucking psycho. This is the movie for you. Yeah, um, Spielberg though. God, it would be fascinating. It's almost like it, it, it. It's not something that could ever exist. You know, it's like uh, it's like it's like George Lucas died, and like his widow is just like, all right, Stephen, this might be a grief fuck. But I need it. And he's just like, yeah. I wonder how Giggity. he would approach. I mean, he's he's done the indie movie, so it's not like he's unfamiliar with the general aesthetic of like the kind of serial narrative kind of, you know, adventure film. Mm. Um, yeah. My feeling of Spielberg, too, is, you know what? He looks good for his age, but he's older than you think. Just get everything you can out of him. He is getting up there. Yeah. Just get everything like you can out of him. He might have missed the the best time in his life to make a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next on the list, Brad Bird. Into it. I'm still into it. Tomorrowland. Mm, rough. You know, uh, uh, the thing always strikes me. From there's a certain design aspect. There's certain parts of that. There's certain sequences that are really good. The little girl in that movie was fantastic. She's like in her twenties, but yeah. Well, not. I think she's still a teenager now because she was you very sure young. About that? I yeah. thought she was older. She's in that new um, Colin Farrell movie, that weird indie movie about mm. people getting um, the lobster paralysis. No, by by the lobster dude. Mm. Um, but yeah, she's like singing like a Rihanna song in the trailer. That girl was fantastic. Like she would have been like my. I don't know why that movie was like so super bad. young Ray it was choice. Strange. Yeah, it was like he had. Not bad. You had Bland. Brad Bird. You had Clooney. You had I'd say the, the girls. Great. Yeah. It was. It was just weird. Yeah. Well, Clooney, I think, was miscast. Yeah. Yeah. He was. He was supposed to be like a nerdy inventor. Well, but and, he looks like George Clooney. When Hugh Laurie, like, was really good as House, and everything he's done otherwise has been off. He always is a little bit wrong. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would. I would still be open to Brad Bird coming back. I think he he feels right for an end of trilogy type movie too yeah you know like i feel like he's not too dark well again i I would big crazy adventure i would just say uh ghost protocol that'd be my response that's 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 a star wars movie (laughs) set in the mission possible world um all right dennis villeneuve um for star wars no He's uh, currently got Blade Runner coming out soon, doesn't he? He's he got, did that, right? Yeah, yeah, Blade Runner did Arrival. He did uh, um, Sicario. Yeah, Sicario. Uh, I just, I don't think his style. Um, he seems a little too cerebral. Yeah, cerebral is the word. It's a nice word for it. Um, 
I, there's some great visuals in his movies. Yeah, I just I don't I don't see it. I I do think there's a a certain genesis qua that Star Wars movies require where it, it's kind of like that daring do action adventure thing. No, you just yeah, the pace wise. Like, I just don't. I mean, maybe he could do it. I don't know. I don't want to like pigeonhole the guy and say it would be impossible for him to do, but it doesn't seem like that's the style. Yeah, pace that he wise does or would interest. And he him. uses the uh, that same. What's his name? It's something crazy. It's like Johan Johansberg or whatever, the composer who did like Arrival. And, oh, uh, he wouldn't be able to use that. Yeah, he no. wouldn't be able to use that guy. And I love him. He did music for Sicario. Um, you know, I was just thinking actually. With, like Fincher wouldn't make sense either, I don't think, for the same reasons. Hold your tongue on that. We'll get to that in a second. I was just thinking with uh, Eva DuVernay, um, her, The Wrinkle of Time, I was just thinking what that reminded me of. It kind of reminded me of the prequels. Not necessarily in like mm-hmm. a bad way or anything, just like the visual style. And whatnot. <laughs> Somebody go Photoshop the lightsabers into those yeah. kids' hands. Uh, anyways, next on the list, George Lucas. Oh, that would be such a. I mean, he'd have to come out of that press conference just flipping people off left and right. I think there's zero chance that that happens. I don't. I decided. I don't really want him to. I got the call from Kathleen and Frank. Oh, yeah, I got the call. I, uh, I I went outside. I had my coffee. I watched the sunrise. I filmed it. I went back inside. I CGI'd it. I made it better. And I decided, fuck all of you. I've got big balls full of Star Wars ideas. And I'm going to ejaculate them on your brains. I think if you wanted. We're just back, bitches. If you wanted Lucas involved creatively in Star Wars movies, the last place you want him probably is a director's chair. You want him everywhere else, preferably, because it's he by his own admission. He that's not like what he considers his strong suit. To well, be, he he know? he only does the movies he does because no one else did them. That was yeah. his thing. It's like it's always like he had these great ideas and he like reluctantly had to do them because no one else. Oh, and it kind <laughs> saw of saw the world the way he did. Like he asked various people to do episode one, and they were like, "No, George, you got to do it." And I don't know if that wasn't was, Ron Howard one of them. I think so. Yeah, I don't know if that was all of them. Just like encouraging him or like where they're like fuck no i ain't touching that or i don't know maybe maybe they just don't nobody wants to be the guy besides george who went and made a new star wars movie you know so okay do you remember those those halcyon days those internet news sites oh, yeah. like dark horizons mm-hmm. i'm not gonna say ain't it cool that dude is still running by the way did you know that dark horizons yeah garth yeah. darf garf yeah holy shit balls uh corona corona coming i don't think they're running anymore no. but um they got like bought by like cinescape or something which is gone, yeah. um, but I would I would just eat up their updates, like especially the fucking script shadow to that fucker. Uh, oh, but I would eat up guy. their updates, like the uh, like when the Spielberg came to the set mm-hmm. and he was like, "Oh hey, that lamp that should be a tank or whatever, blah blah blah, or whatever suggestion he'd have." And I just always imagined that after his set visit, they just went out for a drink. They were drinking some scotch, chilling on the couch. Someone's like leg actually like got touched by someone else's foot, and George is like, "You want to do it?" You've really uh, been writing some. Some Lucas Spielberg <laughs> you, fanfic, huh? You want to go in the bedroom and sign a contract for you to take over the directing of this movie right now? You want to do it? I think they're all like, no, George, you uh, you, you got that. You sure, Steven? Yeah. Uh, so Fincher, who you just mentioned. Uh, I just I just don't think that would ever happen. I feel like it, it would be utterly fascinating. He, he came up through ILM. I do think he could theoretically do a Star Wars movie. Um, oh, absolutely, he could. And he gets it. I maybe, think he gets why yeah. they work. Maybe a little too idiosyncratic for Lucasfilm. Like, like if Kathleen Kenny, there was like a joke about her with uh, Lord Miller where they said like, oh, she hated everything about him, even the way they folded their socks. Like, I don't think she would dislike the way Fincher folded his socks, but it's like, did you need to fold those socks a hundred times? 
you know, like that, <laughs> that would be where they'd be coming in on that, you know. But as you know, and you know, because you're one of the people who would know, like, that's blown out of proportion. Like, there's a reason why there's a hundred takes for the opening of the social network, and it's all technical, which brings me to my point. He would be one of those directors that would come in and would totally get their process. Mm-hmm. Like that's the problem of bringing in like some indie director to some of these things because they don't quite know the ins and outs of how do you well, I, I film don't certain want, things I'm not away. I'm criticizing Fincher for doing a bunch of takes. I mean, his his work speaks for itself. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, I would absolutely love to watch a theoretical Fincher Star Wars movie, but a third movie, no. Like closing out the trilogy, I just don't know about that. Yeah, he's probably more suited to the second one. You know? I mean, I would. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I'd love to see him do one of these standalone movies. I mean, you you want to push a piano up the stairs and get me excited about a Boba Fett movie? Yeah, really. <laughs> Drop a hundred billion dollars in Fincher's lawn. All right, Patty Jenkins. Um, I just didn't get a Star Wars vibe from Wonder Woman, but I wouldn't be upset if I heard that. I don't think she'll do it because she's signing that deal for Wonder Woman too. No, hasn't signed on the line yet, as far as I know. That would be fucking amazing if they just came in and poached her. And I they're did, just like I did make the joke about them doing that in our last uh, headcanon. Did you? Yeah. Hey DC, you have one thing going for you, and that was ours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, uh, good for her. That's that'd be an amazing career trajectory. I mean, it, to me, her biggest asset there would be I think she works really well with the actors, mm. and so if you wanted to make sure that you were really capturing raise like the end of Ray's story theoretically the end of Ray's story properly mm-hmm. you'd want a director who's like really going to be simpatico with their actor there and not someone who's just like a gun for hire an indie guy who doesn't even seem to like women like Hall Trevorrow you know? I mean I I would want to pair her with some really interesting screenwriter because like well, I said there are certain flaws to Wonder Woman the iconography of the movie is not mm-hmm. the problem well I think most of the directors we're talking about here they would need to be paired with a good writer um I think all of them really so far. None of, none of these guys are writers themselves. I mean, I know like people like Coron or Spielberg are going to have input mm. into the script. I know Coron had like a, a decent amount of input into the script for like Harry Potter, but he still didn't write it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, everything we've, everyone we've made the actors write essays about yeah. their characters. I love that. It's great. <laughs> oh, and the way they responded was just so perfect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think all of these writers would need to be paired with a good, or all these directors would be, need to be paired with a good writer. I don't know who that writer is. I don't think it's Jack Thorne, but no. um, I don't know. I It almost seems like you you need the director first, then he can figure out who your writer is kind of thing, because you'd want to make sure they, they're going to work well. Yeah. <laughs> where's, the, uh, where's the Little Miss Sunshine guy right now? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That guy doesn't seem to have done a whole lot since then I'm not mm. sure what he's up to um matt reeves he is the no, guy i know he is yeah the batman and the planet of the eights movies yeah yeah and cloverfield um oh did he do cloverfield i, I knew there was like a, a connection there i believe he did the first yeah the first cloverfield i um i don't know it doesn't fill me with confidence I have not seen war of the planet of the apes i did see dawn of the planet of the apes which I felt, oh, he did Let Me In to the Let the Right One In remake. No, I haven't yeah. seen it. I saw the um, original, but not that one. To me, War, or not War, um, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes felt like a a very well-crafted, like solidly written movie mm-hmm. that kind of did everything a professionally made movie is supposed to do. 
and I was just not engaged with it at all. Like you know, it just did not connect with me. You know whose name I'm surprised is not on this list when you're talking about faint praise directors? Mm. Um, who's the fucker who did uh, I Am Legend and Constantine? And maybe some of the Hunger Games movies? Francis Lawrence? Like I feel like that guy's name just gets thrown at everything. Yeah, what is that guy doing now? Uh, let me look that guy up. I think it's Francis Lawrence, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Francis Lawrence. Um, I, I, I could take or leave that guy. I mean, no thanks. Red Sparrow. He's doing something called Red Sparrow. Hmm. Um, yeah, no thanks on that guy. Hmm. He's fine, but I don't get a Star Wars vibe from him at all. And um, that guy's... Well, maybe this is a too mean of a thing to say, but I kind of feel like that's one of those guys. It's like, whose spot are you taking? You know, yeah, <laughs> what, yeah. what Patty Jenkins isn't getting a job because of you. I just, I'm surprised he's not on this list, I guess. Okay. Well, this is just like some random asshole on the internet put this list in a forum. So mm. That's what it is. It's not like this is like a BuzzFeed article or something. No. Yet. Um, J.J. Abrams. That'd be good. I don't know. I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. I think... Among the like, if you were to like rank like most sensible choices, he's right below Ryan Johnson. Well, you're gonna tell me that him and uh, Kasdan did such a good job of setting up this story that they didn't give a one iota of thought to like where it goes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's often criticized for kind of like, oh, he only knows how to start things; he doesn't know how to end them. Mm. I feel like some of that is just due to the fact that he like produces a lot of TV shows. Mm. Um, he's looking for the potential yeah I don't know if we've ever necessarily seen him like like his third acts are usually not the best parts of his movie but I wouldn't necessarily say that like he's terrible at them you know I would be interested to see what it looks like for him to close out a movie like I don't think he's just like flat out incapable or something you know yeah um I feel like he he obviously we both love the force awakens he understands the tone and the pacing of a Star Wars movie. What is he doing now? Nothing. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he took a long vacation after Star Wars. Uh, I mean, he's producing lots of stuff. Like those, uh, that like other Cloverfieldish movie, what was it called like the God Particle or something? Mm. Mm. Um, Gareth Edwards. Pass. Yeah. Hard pass. Uh, there's well, no, they've there's, already passed on him. There's no way in hell Lucasfilm brings that guy back. They like, passed on him during the production of Rogue One. Him, yeah. Um, a fun name I saw somewhere, uh, and I have not seen any of this person's directorial efforts, so I couldn't say, but it, it intrigued me nonetheless. Sarah Pauly. Um, that'd be interesting. I think she's uh, show running for Netflix, the other Margaret Atwood show, yeah. Alias Grace. Mm -hmm. um, I was just reading an article from last night where she talks about um, how much sexism there is directed at uh, women and young women especially, which is not really that shocking. Unfortunately, um, I've seen at least one of her movies, and I, you know, I, I like her in Go. <laughs> you've only seen her as an as an actor. As an you, actor. Have, you haven't oh, seen the movies she directed. Avonlea, yeah, um, I have not seen her as a director. I know she has gotten very good reviews. So they're just they're very yeah. they're different. definitely not Star Wars movies. Yeah, I don't know. It would be interesting. To, I'd love like, to see her as you, like a writer on one of the scripts. Could you do like the James Bond thing where you've gone and you've got your director who doesn't know anything about doing necessarily like a huge action scene, but they're just really good with actors and, and like you just, you want that 
connection between director and actor and you've got your second unit to worry about all the uh the really technical stuff you know but in a star wars movie i almost feel like you're you're really co-directing it would almost be yeah i don't know i mean and one of the questions is there is just like does she want to do a star wars movie she may not have no desire to do something like that you know yeah um Catherine Bigelow. Um, I, she would be, you know, she's on my the first time I listen to a lot of things. Um, I don't know. I don't like style again. Um, I love Catherine Bigelow's movies. I just don't know style wise. She's been so in the groove of like these kind of like semi historical movies mm-hmm. lately. I don't know. I, I mean, I love Point Break. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, Zero Dark Thirty is great. Strange Days is incredibly weird. So it's, somewhat sci-fi-ish but it's also very kind of modern at the same time um yeah i don't know i i definitely sit up in my chair if i heard she was doing a star wars movie yeah let me throw a real weird one at you here mm-hmm. sophia coppola <laughs> anything to get the dwarf in there oh man bill murray and the dwarf hanging out in the background of a star wars movie I would be intrigued by a Sofia Coppola Star Wars movie. I don't think she'd really be into it, but maybe she would. Like, uh, I think, uh, I don't know, if you wanted to cast, recast Laura Dern's character with uh, Kirsten Dunst, mm. sure. <laughs> uh, let's see if we have any more here. Mimi Leader, that that I could see. She's got big blockbuster experience. Hmm. Leslie Link of Gladder is like really into Homeland now. It's a different style thing. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, she's building an empire for it, and I'm glad. I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what would happen if she went back to film. Mm-hmm. Um, Lynn Ramsey. Style wise, I just, I mean, well, you might as well say like Jane Campion. Well, that's the thing with some of these female directors, the types of movies they make are so different from Star Wars and. A lot of that may be because that's the kind of movies they want to make, but I'm sure it's possible with some of these women that they never get the chance or the opportunity to make a bigger budget action movie. You know, like they're they're not getting the job on like a Fast and Furious movie or something like that. Like they never even get the call. So I don't want to rule them out entirely. You know, it which may is, be something they're interested in. They just haven't had the opportunity. Which is why I wanna I wanna suggest uh Anyone listening, because I don't know if you've seen it or comment on it. Uh, there's a director named Reed Morano. Um, she's directed a little bit of uh, The Handmaid's Tale. Mm. Um, got that kind of indie thing. Um, I'd be kind of curious to see something like that, who's got a very interesting visual style. Uh, and, and with that visual style, it gives actors performances. Granted, there's a there's a pace that's different from Star Wars for sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then of course. You know, one of those directors I'm always trying to, like, like say, like, hey, can we see more of this person, uh, Michelle McLaren? Last on my list, yeah, yeah, Michelle McLaren. I mean, she had some great Breaking Bad episodes. She also directed Game of Thrones, which I feel like kind of shows that she can step into the more kind of big, crazy genre type stuff. You know, that like she can, she can do that kind of thing, or, and that she's interested in doing that kind of thing. While also doing episodes of Kyle XY and 47 episodes of The X-Files. Oh, wow. Yeah. Not exactly a lightweight. <laughs> exactly. Bulk of the series. 
All right. So all that being said, if, if you were Kathleen Kennedy or you had Kathleen Kennedy's ear, who do you hire for episode nine? Coron and Ryan Johnson. Okay. Allow me to pitch you a uh, crazy pie in the sky fantasy. Okay. This is why we're here. My first move I make, as I say, episode nine is not the last movie in this uh, particular story arc. Okay. Expand it to a uh, quintology, five movies. Okay. As I've often advocated. Wow. Okay. So, and I, I move all the release dates to Christmas, obviously. I think I feel like that works best. Um, so theoretically, that would mean next Christmas would be the Han Solo movie, and then Christmas after that, episode nine. Mm-hmm. So Christmas 2019, episode nine, I'd bring back J.J. J.J. Abrams, episode nine. This is now the middle of the, of the, the quintology, the middle of the story. Okay. Bring him back, and I also, I bring, I, I, I want, if I'm Kathleen Kennedy, I want J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson on my, like, my Jedi Council of Three, like bring these guys in as executive producers or whatever. You guys pilot the ship for the franchise for the you know this arc that do you they're want, doing. Do you want one of them to grab one of Dave Filoni's arms, one of them to grab the other, and, and they just, just head in opposite directions. Yeah, <laughs> until Filoni is dead. Yeah, but no, I, I I I want those guys and not exactly a Kevin Feige type role, but something close. Mm-hmm. Like they're kind of like the architects uh, along with Kathleen Kennedy. I feel like they both seem to get it. Mm. They they understand stars as a franchise and uh, JJ. I, I read some rumors that apparently he wanted that role, and like Kathleen Kennedy wasn't interested in giving it to him. Mm. Um, but I think her JJ and Ryan Johnson together, I think, would be a, a powerful trio of producers, kind of keeping track of everything. Okay. So that's Christmas 2019 episode nine. J.J. Abrams. He's back. Christmas 2020. This would theoretically be the Obi-Wan movie. Okay. Michelle McLaren. For, for Obi-Wan. For Obi-Wan. Okay. Yeah. I feel like that is a good place for her kind of unique visual style that she has. This is basically a Game of Thrones episode, but in space. Or even a Breaking Bad episode. Okay. Yeah. A little bit of both. I mean, it's on Tatooine. There's... Anakin. I am the one who orders the drink at the bar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just uh, Obi-Wan at the bar the whole time. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I, I think as, as part of my like new direction for this quintology, I don't know how. The, the easy way to do it would be like, oh, Obi-Wan's raised grandfather or whatever. Don't necessarily have to go that way, but I want something in this Obi-Wan movie to tie in to the, the episodes. Which we've long been advocating. Episodes 7 through 11. Yeah. Is it 11? I think so, yeah. 79 alone, yeah. Uh, and even Han Solo, like, even if, like, Maz Kanata just had, like, a cameo in the Han Solo movie, just, like, something to kind of, like, you know, blink and you'll miss it. Maybe, like, the whole journal, the Wills How the thing. How does she Rogue not One. have a cameo? She should, yeah. Even in the background, even if you don't bring in, like, Lupita Nyong'o as Something that, it, so it feels like there's, like, this momentum in the story that things are got kind of coming together, you know? And it's not just, like, here's this random-ass movie. That's about something totally different from the main story we're telling. Maybe DJ will be that character. Maybe. I want to talk about DJ at the end of this. Okay. So yeah, Obi-Wan, Michelle McLaren. Then Christmas 2021. It's episode 10. This is uh, you know part four or five here. Mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson. He's back. Okay. Gave him plenty of time to take a vacation. Maybe go make an indie movie or something. 
He's back. 2021. Cleaning the pipes. That indie movie. Mm-hmm. And then Christmas 2022. This is uh, the off year. This is where you need another spinoff, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of ways you could go with this. I decided to go with the uh, Knights of Ren movie. Interesting. I don't know what that is exactly, and it's like a. I would I would say Knights of Ren slash like if if they turn out not to be anything, it's just some sort of like Seven Samurai Jedi or Sith thing, whatever. It's, it's like a frat rape party yeah. with bane masks. Well, we have no idea who those people are, but something some sort of standalone I, I movie. I think this hooker's dead, guys. <laughs> Some kind of standalone movie with either like a bunch of old Jedi or, or like Sith or, or just dark Jedi. I don't know who, but some kind of movie like that, like a, an ensemble piece. Okay. Directed by Antoine Fuqua, who what? I forgot to bring up uh, during our main. Really? Thing. You're going full Fuqua? Fu- Fuqua, yeah. Did you ever see The Equalizer? Yeah, you and I saw it together. Did we? Yeah, yeah. Because there was that movie and whatever the other movie was, and we were like, with John Wick, and we were like, holy shit, that summer, the entire Russian mob has been yeah. annihilated. <laughs> That's, I gotta say, I've seen John Wick 2 now, mm-hmm. which is fucking bonkers. Like, the Equalizer goes straight to Russia and finishes the job. I'm gonna spoil the Equalizer here. Okay, like, in the Equalizer. Yeah, for all of you diehard Equalizer heads. All you Fuqua heads, go watch that movie. It's, it's an entertaining movie. But it's like it's Denzel and like the 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 Russian mafia has like wronged him. They like slapped around Chloe Moretz, and so he's like taking his vengeance, and he just like keeps moving up the ladder. And you think the movie's done, and then it's like cut to because he's like taking out like the entire Russian mafia scene in New York. Mm-hmm. And you think it's like that's it, he won. No, he's not done yet. Cut to Russia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cut to some like huge oligarchs like mansion palace or whatever, and the Equalizer has gone there to murder everyone there too. It's amazing. I feel like they never did a sequel because they couldn't figure out negotiating the proper like Putin cameo. Well, like where does he go next? Just Putin? Yeah, like- yeah, yeah. That's my point. Um, that movie has the guy who I can't stand because he always goes way too big. What the fuck is his name? Who mm. plays one of the bad guys? Um, he was in um Amazing Spider-Man Two. Dane DeHaan. Martin Sokus. Do you remember the I, weird okay. doctor in Amazing Spider-Man 2? Hello? Yeah, Peter that guy. Parker. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Like, he's always, like, playing, like, way too sexualized Doctor Strangelove. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. He, I'm sure he's he's gunning for a Sif position. Anyways, full Fuqua. I have no idea what this movie is exactly. I want it to tie in to the main arc in some way, whether or not they're just, like, this is how the Knights of Ren came to be. You could do the whole thing where somebody ends up frozen in carbonite and like pops out in episode 11. Like, I don't know. I don't know how, but wouldn't Denzel make a great, like uh, uh hidden away former Jedi master. Yeah. I think you, I think you go the, um, he left the order. Yeah. I think that's where you go. Yeah. Again. Like that's like the culmination of so many dumb movies he's done. Mm-hmm. Like the, the book of whatever book of Eli yeah. book of Eli. It's the Bible guys. Uh, man on fire equalizer. Okay. But yeah, Please I just, proceed. I feel like uh, that could be a wild and crazy movie. And then <laughs> to tie it all down, bring it home, episode 11. I could I could go a few ways. This is the way I went, though. Patty Jenkins. Really? I think, I think theoretically, Ray, this is the end of her journey. And I want, like, I, I want to really, like, this is where I feel like you really zoom in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could go big theoretically here, but I think you want to zoom in on, like, probably like finn 
Kylo and Ray are your characters at this point. I don't mm-hmm. know if Poe's still around or not. Uh, personally, in episode 10, that would have been my big Poe movie where he dies at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I think you want to really shrink it down. Luke might not be around by this point, you know, so you want to really focus on character. Hmm. What do you think of that? Um, I'm still blown away by the full Fuqua. Um, the only uh, thing that bugs me about it is that episode 11. 11 feels like a weird place to end it. You know, episode 10 is theoretically better. Well, the problem is you can't go to episode 12 because by that point you can't afford these actors. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it's like 2025, you know. Though I always wonder though, like what the hell is uh never mind Downey Jr. What is Captain America getting paid for like Avengers 4? A lot. Yeah. I He's probably, he's got some points on the package, I think. <laughs> um But yeah, I I, I think that kind of satisfies both parts of what I'd like to see for episode nine is both the, uh, the safe and familiar, like they've been there before of JJ and Ryan Johnson. Mm-hmm. And then like, let's bring in some, some other people like Michelle McLaren or Patty Jenkins or Fuqua. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, like I, I, like I said, I didn't, I didn't love, uh, wonder woman. So Patty Jenkins, I don't know. I, I guess to me, I, I could if you were to say like one of the side movies, I could totally be into that. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I'm very curious about Wonder Woman too. Now that she's <laughs> got that cachet of like I'm the only good thing you yeah. have going for you, you're gonna give me a little more freedom. Well, I think that's also a place where you could bring in Coron or Brad Bird, you know, yeah. to finish out. Like, um, I think you you'd have options there for mm-hmm. your final movie. But I um. Even if it's even if it's just a symbolic thing, because unfortunately we're still at a point where we need the big mm-hmm. symbolic gestures. You have such an interesting character in Ray. Like you should have at least one female yeah, director, exactly. Yeah, to explore that aspect of it. Um, hmm. I don't know. I, I I wish somebody at Lucasfilm would embrace the idea of making sure that all the movies they make, like one of the reasons that the Marvel movies work the way they do, is they kind of feed into each other. Mm-hmm. And Rogue One had absolutely fucking nothing to do with The Force Awakens. We shall see if there's even the tiniest bit of connection between it and The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really think they should be doing something to make their movies tied together a little more. If if you revealed that Rey was like a Kenobi granddaughter or you know some sort of offshoot of the Kenobis, the perfect place to find out would be in Episode Nine, well, and then you go right into the Obi Wan movie. You got to look at. Where does your audience's mind go when they're not informed? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's a certain sense, like politically, it's like we all should have been reading the comments on mm-hmm. websites and stuff for a while to understand a little bit of like the shitty Trump world. But like, how many people just assume that what's her name from Rogue One was Ray's mom? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, fuck. Uh, Fuqua apparently is doing the Equalizer sequel. Excellent. It's yeah. Denzel versus Putin. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's if I were uh, running things or if I had Kathleen's ear, that would be what I would advocate. Like, and because then, then I think then you can take a little break and be like, we're not going to do another saga movie for a little while. You know, mm-hmm. um, I really don't think we need more than one Star Wars movie a year for sure. Oh, you know what? Here's the only downside to Fuqua mm-hmm. is uh, 
Magnificent Seven. See, I, I feel like this is like, uh, hey, you you fucked that up. We're going to give you another shot. I, like I, learned, to do that this right my, I learned some things. Yeah. Prove it. Okay. Because, hmm. I mean, that's whatever that movie is, Knights of Ren or some type of other movie about like uh, various Jedi or Sith. I feel like it's a little bit Magnificent 70, like a little bit Seven Samurai. So hmm. I was just looking at the cast for the Equalizer and I was just trying to think of like the. Uh, the old boys like Star Wars, like just catch casting all like the grisly weird actors <laughs> into things like David Harbour and Bill Pullman. Uh, no Harbour. I'm I'm done with Harbour. Have you seen Pullman in the center? The center? Yeah. The What's Jessica Biel show. No, I haven't. We're having a we're having a Pullman assance. Mm, okay. Uh he was in that uh he was in Independence Day too, right? I never saw it, but I think he came back for that. Was he the president again? I think he was like not anymore. He was retired and like he heard voices maybe or something like that. The Sinner is the greatest Pullman role ever. I'll put it Better that Better than the Zero Effects? Yes. Mm, yes. Okay. I don't know about that. Because <laughs> Daryl Zero didn't have a dominatrix uh, stepping on his hands and putting things up his butt. Mm. Okay. Hmm. Let me throw one other idea at you. I was okay. just thinking about this. In, in the like new canon that they have, because mm. everything got flushed, has there ever been like an offspring child of two force users? I don't think so, unless it's like in like a comic or something. Because oh. I was think you could one way you could go would be like the the offspring of two force users would like I don't know it'd be like extra crazy force power. You could you could make it a thing because they hadn't done it. You know they could say like oh this is why the Jedi never breeded because it uh, creates like a force abomination or something like that like. Mm. That would be one way you could go to set up another saga in the future. Like there's special Jedi condoms or whatever, like Anakin. Well, no, they <laughs> you're not allowed to impregnate a Jedi. They're taking vows of celibacy or something, right? But we all know that that didn't take. I'm just trying to fix that as much as I can. You know, <laughs> I don't know if I if I were to ever do like a Raylo thing, I would. I would have them come together and then break apart again. I feel like Kylo Ren needs to die, you know? Mm. I mean, I don't think you want, like, some Jedi kid is, like, super all-powerful. Not necessarily all-powerful, but, like, I don't know, different or weird in a way. Like, I feel like that gives you the opportunity to to do some weird new stuff. Mm. I just like the idea of Force Abomination. You just want to like, say that. It, it, your theoretical, like, episode 12 that was, like, coming out and, like, 2029 or whatever like the jedi are hunting this kid because he's like an abomination before the force and they have to kill it it's like one of those things where like both the jedi and the sith have to team up to kill this kid i don't know if they team up or not but then it, it you're you're theoretically you're you're with this kid as your protagonist is it like kind of like, i think you'd have like, grown up be, by that point wouldn't yeah. this be the obi-wan movie like obi-wan goes full like leon or whatever or the professional mm, no because there's like luke is still hanging around there that'd be weird I think I think this is something you'd push into the future theoretically, where like a a way to make the Jedi would still theoretically be good guys, but like they would have their reasons for wanting to like dispose of this force abomination, even though you're rooting for that person that you know it's guy or girl. I don't know what you do. Maybe maybe twins even. You mm -hmm. know they're like teens, young twenties, something like that, like being hunted. Mm -hmm. Um. Feel like you get a little bit of an option for so it's either the, the Game of Thrones, like you're rooting for both sides type of thing, you know? 
So it's either like the trope of like the old person has to, you know, go on the run with the kid and keep them safe, like Lone Wolf and Cub, or it's like some kind of YA book series type thing. I think you'd where, go older. Where they're all basically like X Men kids or whatever. I think you'd go older where they're like late teens, twenties. Your your force abominations. They never they never knew they were force abominations. I think they've known. They've been on the run their whole lives. Hmm. I guess there'd be like a power check issue. What do you mean? Like the older you get, I would think that they would have been more aware of their powers. They mm-hmm. would have been harder to control because they had no training, and like I guess all of the like- fears of the Jedi would come true because this person would sneeze and like force blast a town into a crater. You need like the old man who's been like training them in secret, I think, or something like that. Yeah, like Jason know. Statham. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, that's what I would do if I were in Star Wars. Most likely, it's just going to be Ryan Johnson. Like, I'll I'll actually be surprised if it isn't. Like, the only reason it won't be is if I assume he would just be like, "No, I'm I'm, I'm exhausted. I don't want to do it." You know, um, yeah, I achieved my dream. Yeah, he he has said in the past he would love to do another one. Although I'm sure he wasn't. Well, maybe he was subtweeting. I don't know, but like, he probably wants a little bit of time off. I'm sure. Yeah. And the script, he'd probably want to go just completely throw out anything that's been written and do it himself. Well, it was funny to me thinking about the whatever the thing was that uh, was happening in Force Awakens, and Johnson asked for like a small change for what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, like, is he taking Trevorrow's notes? Supposedly, he filmed a scene for Episode Nine, okay, for Trevorrow because like they're on a location they didn't want to come back to, presumably on Octo. Well, there you go. Yeah. You're you're already like like mm-hmm. one one hundredth there to the next Ryan Johnson Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyways, they do that. They like to do that for uh, episode two, for episode three. Yeah. yeah. So I fully expect that uh, I'll post this later tonight and then like tomorrow morning they're going to be like, Ryan Johnson or I don't know. I suppose it could just be like a total left turn and be someone like we haven't even talked about, but I'll be surprised if that's the case. Kathleen, headline, Kathleen Kennedy is full Fuqua. Full Fuqua. I, that would be very interesting. Although I, I feel like your standalone movies are where you go if you want to uh, stretch out a little bit, not too much, not like whatever. Well, I don't even would I wouldn't even call it what Gareth Edwards did stretching it so much. It's just like sucking. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I just I like this quote from the, the Vulture thing. Like, if you rub Kathleen Kennedy the wrong way in any way, you're out. You're mm-hmm. done. <laughs> oh, you know who he didn't mention? Joss Whedon. Ah. <laughs> uh, Joss Whedon. He is not right for Star Wars. I can see him writing a script. A month ago, he still was not right for Star Wars. He's very not right now, but yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, the problem is is his dialogue. Yeah. Isn't Star Wars. It's not Star Warsy at all. He he would literally have somebody say Star Warsy in the movie, you know? Yeah. Um Man, Joss Whedon, that's a hard that's a hard thing to reconcile right now. I feel like that's we need to go, but we should we should talk about that maybe on a headcanon at some point. I feel like there's what? lots of interesting angles about that whole business. I mean, I guess my my one point about that, just for, through for thought, mm-hmm. feel free to tweet me or please God don't. Like, can you be a philanderer and still be a feminist if you're honest about it? My answer I mean, to that would be like, is is the label more important than the output? Yeah. 
um you know and it's it's separating director from work and the, can you or can't the you? issue of his wife is how can he get credit for the claims to uplift women when he's massively disrespecting one mm-hmm. um whereas i'm thinking of like who's that one fucker sam mendes who like left his wife because he wanted to be like more open sexually <laughs> like she wouldn't agree to an open mm-hmm. marriage um not that Sam Mendes is what I would call a feminist, but like if he was, I guess I could see where if you're honest about your intentions, you're not. But I don't know if that like um, gives you an out though. I don't know. We sh- this is a good headcanon conversation. We this is super shitty, point. but I am yeah. very curious who the onset affair was. There's that part of me that I don't want to talk about in public, but I am very curious. Okay, we well, yeah, can anyway. talk about it offline. Oh, anyway. DJ. Oh yeah, I'll talk about DJ. DJ the Space Jughead. Space Jughead. This is the. If this one thing I read in like IO9 is true, this is the biggest, nerdiest deep cut ever. So DJ has no name in the movie. They just call him DJ. Mm-hmm. Supposedly the reason why is because whatever the thing that's don't written on join. his... Yeah, and whatever like Star Wars-y language is written, don't join. So they just call him DJ. That is super... That, I mean, it must have been written in fucking Klingon. That's so well, nerdy. What's so weird is that it's, it's written in uh, opera-ish or whatever, the, the weird made-up... Uh, it's not a language. It's... um. An alphabet, I guess, because it's not a which is the founding of language, the building blocks of language. Well, because it's it's English, though. You know what I mean? It's just like they have different letters. Okay. Like if you wrote, if, so it's more it's more to do like codes. If then. you wrote something in a code, but the code corresponded to English letters, I think you'd still say it was English. Okay. You know, like so it's they have a different alphabet that looks all weird, but it's still <laughs> So the code breakers are Reddit still says the story? don't join. It doesn't say something weird that translates to don't join, uh, you know? Hmm. Um Yeah. Don't <laughs> join. I, that guy I don't think it's gonna happen, but if it turned out to stand for Dark Jedi, I'm here for it. I just think that's so funny. It's like we're just like, why is he has this stupid name of DJ? Mm-hmm. And it's because just because his hat says don't join. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, how many go. hackers are going to be like like fucking up elections? Excuse me. In Star Wars, we call them slicers. How many slicers are going to be fucking up elections, and their names are going to be like like don't join sixty nine sixty nine sixty nine four twenty. Yeah, plays it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. New director, hopefully coming soon. If it's Ryan Johnson, I, I doubt we'll do another podcast about it. Um, if it's someone totally crazy that we didn't see, maybe we will. No, we will. For Ryan Johnson, we'll get you get one more episode. It'll be the uh, it'll be the one minute twelve second <laughs> episode. You so. Yep, told you. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> New trailer soon. Probably not till October. Damn. But I, I, mean, I feel like they they know that they have us and they can wait. You know. I was trying to explain the the last the behind the scenes little promo video from celebration some other day and i was like holy shit it, it is september and we don't have another trailer mm-hmm. no we got one in april i guess we're gonna get one in october just like uh, the other time cool until then may the force be with you always oh.